Vaccine hesitancy is, of course, a 21st and late 20th century phenomenon, but I think that it actually has deeper roots. Is now the correct time to remind you guys that some of your favorite people are extremely, extremely anti-vax? You know, celebrities like Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake and Jenny McCartney and Dr. Eggman himself, Jim Carrey. Yeah, those grade A millionaire douchebags believe that using the cure for preventable diseases like measles and polio is in fact a bad thing and people shouldn't be doing it. Not to mention the fact that Jim Carrey himself called a politician a fascist and a Nazi for saying we should mandate vaccines. Why vaccinate when it only damages the body and they're seeing a rise in autism and in ADHD and cancer? From Anticentric, I am Alfred Roman with Sergio Held. This is episode one of a deep dive into the rise of vaccine hesitancy and full on anti-vaxxer sentiment around the world. Anti-vaxxer movements are on the rise at the same time as more than 170 teams of researchers are working around the clock to find a vaccine against SARS-CoV-2, the virus responsible for the COVID-19 disease that has brought the global economy to a screeching halt, infected more than 15 million people and killed hundreds of thousands this year since December. In this series, we will explore perspectives and discuss the rise and spread of anti-vax movements. What are their arguments? What are their concerns with safety? What are the legal and ethical debates around vaccination programs and mandatory vaccination? We will also explore some of the basis for their arguments, the handful of vaccine catastrophes from past years that, when considered out of context, can lead to a storm of misinformation and doubt. Vaccine hesitancy is not a new phenomenon. After the outbreak of smallpox in the US in the 1880s, a movement against mandatory vaccination started to gain traction. The movement spread to the point that armed groups of civilians stepped in to block immunization campaigns throughout the 1920s. A century has passed since then, but for many, the fears remain. There are fears about the safety of vaccines, fears about side effects, fears about the future of children. There are many controversies. Some of these fears are grounded on specific examples, which are then amplified and used as point of reference regardless of logic. The fact that one vaccine was badly developed 50 years ago does not mean that the hundreds of vaccines that have been developed before or since are dangerous. In the 1970s, a vaccine known as DPT for diphtheria, tetanus and pertussis was thought to have caused severe side effects on more than three dozen children. That one vaccine failure helped plant the seeds for an anti-vaccine movement that gained adepts across the globe. In the late 1990s, anti-vaxxers found another lightning rod when a study in a credible journal linked the MMR vaccine for measles, mumps and rubella to bowel disease and autism. It took days for the study to be discredited, all but one of the authors of the study separated themselves from the findings. The one researcher that stood up for it, the lead researcher, 
lost his medical license and was widely discredited. This researcher, Andrew Wakefield, moved to the US and reinvented himself. He remains an avid anti-vaxxer. He has been linked to outbreaks of measles in the US and supported anti-vaccine views of President Donald Trump, whom he met. Wakefield remains thoroughly unapologetic despite the damage his fake findings have caused on the world. A British researcher, Andrew Wakefield, started the MMR autism scare, as we called it, with a, with a very poor paper that was published in The Lancet, later recanted by some of the authors and withdrawn by Lancet itself and shown to essentially be a bogus, if I could use that term, study. Um, but that was enough, that was enough to set off a scare which caused MMR compliance in Great Britain to plummet and subsequent mumps, measles and, and rubella diseases to, to soar. And I wrote an article reviewing the evidence, it was a, it was a brief a piece, but basically concluding the, the science by then was in on MMR. If there's no link between MMR and autism, this is a false scare and it's causing a lot of harm. That was Dr. Steve Novella speaking during a presentation at The Amazing Meeting, an annual conference that took place for years and in which speakers discussed issues around science, skepticism, and critical thinking. Dr. Novella made those comments in 2009. Years later, in 2017, in a Somali community in the U.S. state of Minnesota, a new measles outbreak triggered the same global debate, again about the dangers of not vaccinating against MMR. Even throughout the outbreak, anti-vaxxers actively campaigned against vaccines. There have been findings of uh, the vaccine type of measles virus in the intestines of children with autism. And this is what has been found in Minnesota in the Somali community. They find that uh, there is an onset of some kind of vaccine injury. It might be autism, it might be encephalitis. The child loses the normal ability to speak. The Somali community has noticed this and has observed it and talked about it and uh, gotten more information about it. The debate about the MMR vaccine grew louder, and not just in Minnesota. It spread globally. It was spurred by the growing activism of anti-vaxxer groups. COVID-19 and the dire need for a vaccine and for people to be vaccinated when one is available have only spurred this activism. Many people are willing to fight against the vaccine, both on social media and by confronting the authorities. They have proven to be quite adept at lobbying and pushing their own beliefs forward, regardless of whether these beliefs are based on any actual facts. For instance, many anti-vaxxers have already set their minds against a COVID-19 vaccine. But I'm not willing to take an experimental DNA alternating vaccine that has been fast-tracked past even the most minimal or no safety qualifications to which routine vaccines adhere. Because I know that health, true health, comes from sunshine, exercise, fresh food, social contact, and breathing in as much oxygen as I possibly can. Not from needles or masks. That was Emily Coleman talking to the Board of Commissioners of Johnson County in Kansas during an Open Citizens Forum in July 2020. Are you going to take the vaccine? What if you want to say no for your family? What about the microchip that comes after the vaccine? It will be voluntary until it's not. This idea that vaccines are being used to implant people with microchips or for population control has been making the rounds of conspiracy theory boards and discussions. Those claims are unfounded. 
these microchip theories are not unlike UFO sightings, or the Yeti, possible but extremely unlikely. There have been vaccines since 1796. The first one was created by Edward Jenner to treat smallpox. Since then, hundreds of vaccines have been developed against a wide range of diseases. Billions of people have been vaccinating, creating herd immunity against diseases that could have otherwise killed tens of millions, and in fact did, before those vaccines were developed. Yes, there have been vaccine-related disasters. There have been unexpected side effects. Finding the perfect balance and a perfectly safe vaccine can be incredibly difficult. It's easy for a person to say, ah, I wouldn't take it or I would take it um, mm -hmm. based on information that they have now. That was Jerome Kim, Director General of the International Vaccine Institute, a nonprofit intergovernmental organization established in 1997 at the initiative of the United Nations Development Program. It is headquartered in Seoul, South Korea. Dr. Kim spoke to Anticentric about the high rate of vaccination in South Korea and how it has helped drive healthcare outcomes in that country. We're in, you know, say March of next year. You know, we've watched another, you know, we've watched hundreds of thousands of people die now. Probably mm. by, it might be at, you know, 500,000 or 600,000 mm. global deaths. When we're there, um, we'll see because it's really difficult for a person to mm -hmm. say, yes, yeah, I would, or yes, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, a vaccine is available and mm -hmm. when it be safe and effective, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, companies are, or insurance companies, governments are, you know, advocating for the use of the vaccine because they want to protect the elderly or the people mm -hmm. with diabetes from, from very severe disease or death. Then let's see what people think. And we'll have the information on how safe it is. And it'll make be a lot easier for medical figures, healthcare providers, to mm. provide information to people uh, mm -hmm. about where they need to take the vaccine. Meanwhile, anti-vaxxers are recruiting more and more people around the world. Even physicians have joined the movement. My name is uh, Dr. Carrie Mati, or Carrie, and I'm an internal medicine physician, um, osteopathic trained. Carrie Madej is a physician born in New Boston, Michigan. According to her Facebook page, she studied at Kansas City University of Medicine and Biosciences, and she lives in Las Terrenas, in Dominican Republic, where she practices osteopathy. It's also introducing nanotechnology and its robotic effects into the body. This is all suggesting the ability to use this vaccine and its ancillary products, the things I mentioned just now, and then these, some of the names are like ID2020, et cetera, to hook, up, to hook us all up to an artificial intelligence interface. This is not a one-way street, this is a two-way street. So I know it's a lot of information to digest and it scares me. It has scared me for our years. Again, the chip and the nanotechnology thesis. But what are the grounds for these ideas? Also in Latin America, Anticentric interviewed another physician, Dr. Harry Brunel. He also practiced holistic medicine despite being a general surgeon. And he's an anti-vaxxer with a lot of followers in social media in Colombia and in many other Spanish-speaking countries. He told us that the world is in the midst of a global war with electromagnetic weapons as the main tools of warfare. And he also mentioned Dr. Wakefield and his now discredited research to support his arguments against vaccines. 
hay varios médicos, entre ellos el doctor Wakefield, han mencionado There are several doctors, among them Dr. Wakefield, who have mentioned that after giving this amount of vaccines to the people, the nervous system ends in a hyperexcitability state and the immune system ends completely overflowed. As Dr. Wakefield said, the immune system becomes crazy. It is suspected that there are electromagnetic weapons that they are using and that they are not new. Electromagnetic weapons that are more than 50 years old. Anti-centric spent hours fact-checking Dr. Brunel's comments and the arguments of anti-vaxxers. And we'll discuss those facts and fictions in future episodes. For now, there is a reality that vaccines, despite the enormous need for them, have triggered a contained but very large debate. Anti-vaxxers and vaccine hesitancy are on the rise, while scientists race for a vaccine against COVID-19. In the era of fake news and disinformation, having the tools to understand what's real and what's fake is more important than ever. My name is Alfred Roman, and I thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you get your podcasts from. Also follow us on Twitter at Anticentric1 and visit our webpage at www.anticentric.com. You can also listen to this podcast on YouTube. Music for this podcast was made by Thirsk and Gorgartel, both under Creative Commons licenses. Creative Commons Sound Bites made available by eCampus Ontario, Shannon Cripshow Art, the Boston University News Service, and Russia Beyond. This podcast has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives 4.0 International License. <laughs>